is Holy Thursday at the Mass of the Lord's Supper, and you're listening to the Gospel of the Lord in the homily of Reverend Angelo Satino, pastor of Nativity of Our Lord Parish in Warminster, Pennsylvania. you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Escherit, to hand him over. So during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet, and put his garments back on, and reclined at table again. He said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do the gospel of the Lord. Tonight we celebrate this Mass of the Lord's Supper. Holy Thursday is a very significant day for us as Catholics because we celebrate the institution of the greatest gift that has been given to us, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, and we celebrate the institution of the priesthood. Think about it if you had the opportunity to have a last supper with the people who were closest to you. A last supper. What do you think it would be like? Do you have deep enough faith to do something significant at that Last Supper? 
for those you are leaving behind? Jesus knew he was going to die the very next day. And he wanted to give something more to his disciples. You know, you're here tonight, we're all here tonight because we believe in God. We're all here tonight because we're good people. But it's not easy to be good. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that. Jesus knew his apostles well. And they had a lot of idiosyncrasies and personality problems and weaknesses. If you ever do a study on the uh, personalities of the apostles, you find a lot to look at there. But there was one thing about them. They loved Jesus. But loving Jesus means being good. And it's not easy to be good. He knew those 12 that he himself had chosen as his closest followers, even while they were with him, did some things that he didn't approve of, did things that were wrong. And he knew that one would sell him off to his enemies, betray him. Others would run away when the going gets hard. And yet these were his closest disciples. These were the ones he loved. And they loved him. But it's not easy to be good. So on that last supper, he wanted to give them another gift. And so one of the things he did was a lesson. They were kind of stunned when they were all prepared to eat the meal. And he goes and puts an apron on and says, get in line, I'm going to wash your feet. Peter speaks up and says, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. We would probably say that to Jesus, too, if he were here today and wanted to wash our feet. The same Peter who the next day would deny that he even knew him three times. It's not easy to be good, no matter how much we love Jesus. So he gave them the lesson. He washed their feet, and then he said to them, As I have done for you, you must do for each other. You must wash the dirty feet of other people. It's not easy to be good. How many times do we refuse to wash the feet of other people? Even those closest to us. And especially those we don't like. But we love Jesus. He gave them the mandatum. Love one another as I have loved you. And he was going to prove to them the next day how he loved them. Because he was going to die on the cross for them and all of us. And one sold him to the crucifiers. 
and the others ran in fear. But they loved Jesus. How many times do we betray Jesus by our weaknesses and our sins? How many times do we betray him to the crucifiers when we refuse to stand up and speak his gospel? But we love Jesus. So what did he do? He knew that if he was going to ask us to be like him, to love like he loved us, to offer ourselves, to sacrifice our bodies, to pour out our blood for others, we were going to need something very special to help us to do that. If we were going to genuinely love him, we needed him to help us do it. Thus, the gift of his body and blood in the Eucharist. To be not just with those chosen 12, but with people of all time who would have idiosyncrasies, personality problems, weaknesses, and sins. But despite it all, love him. His last supper was a pouring out of himself in a teaching on how to live for others. What would our last supper be? What would ours be? And the reason that his teaching to them on that night made sense was because they had seen how he had lived his whole life. We might out of fear on our deathbeds start to say nice things to people because we know we're going to face that Jesus that we say we love. But will people believe it? Have we lived it already? I always say to people, it doesn't matter what we do when somebody's dead. What matters is what we've done while they're alive. So how do we have the strength to be Jesus? And that's what we're really called to be, the body of Christ, to others. We need him. We need that Eucharist. You know, I say this sometimes to couples when I'm talking to them preparing for marriage. I believe this sincerely in a human relationship. A genuine loving relationship is, I want you in my life. An immature loving relationship is, I need you in my life. I can't live without you. We'll ask the people who have lost love, what happens? Of course you go on. There's a kind of love that's a dependent and codependent love, not a healthy love. A genuine human relationship is not I need you, I can't live without you, but I want you. But I'll turn that around when I talk about 
our relationship with God. We do need God in our lives. We can't live without him. Any of us who have experienced the crosses of Christ in our lives know it's our faith in God and our belief that he is with us that gives us the strength to bear those crosses and to rise above them. So we do need God in our lives. I have this prayer that I say privately when I raise the host as I consecrate it. I have two private prayers I pray when I raise the host and when I raise the chalice. And that prayer is this. I believe in you and I love you. But most of all, I need you. Because I can't even believe in him or love him if he doesn't give me the grace and strength to do it. My brothers and sisters, how do we approach the Eucharist? Do we recognize that that was Jesus' last gift to help us to do what he called us to do? To love one another as he loved us first. As a priest, I feel very humbled by the fact that I'm given the privilege to offer that sacrifice in his name. And so I know all the more that I need him more than you do. Or at least I should know that. Because as we're told, to those to whom more is given, more is expected. And so when I pray that prayer, I pray it with great meaning. Because I know that Jesus knows my faults, my idiosyncrasies, my personality problems, my weaknesses, and my sins. But I also know that he knows that I love him. But without receiving him in that Eucharist, I can't hope to be another Christ to anyone. And neither can you. Today we were at the cathedral for the Chrism Mass, where the Archbishop blesses the oil of the catechumens, the oil of the sick, and the sacred chrism that we use to anoint and sanctify people with in the sacraments. And all of the priests of the diocese are invited. And there were hundreds of priests there in that cathedral today. And I was looking at them. I was thinking how many years I've come to this cathedral. 1969, my first year in the seminary, we were, began going to the cathedral for Holy Thursday. I said to one of my classmates, imagine all the priests who have been at this Chrism Mass since 1969, the first time when we were here. Imagine all of them who are gone. But what did they do? With all their faults, with all their idiosyncrasies, with all of their sins, they tried to help people to know, you need Jesus. 
the Eucharist, one of the greatest privileges that we priests have to celebrate the Eucharist and to offer it to you is the greatest gift that Jesus gave us. It was the last and the most special gift. Because when we have him in our lives, we know his love. We are strengthened and given grace to be Christ to others. And he knows, despite ourselves, that we love him. And so, I believe in you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. But most of all, I need you, Jesus.